Hello, late night listeners. Brian here. And instead of our usual Patreon uh, bumper or whatever we put here, I don't listen to this podcast. I wanted to instead encourage you to go to vote.org and make sure that your voter registration is up to date. The election coming up here in the USA is very, very, very important. And if you are legally eligible to do so, you must vote in this election. If you go to vote.org, you can check your status, make sure uh, everything's up to date, they have the right address, whatever you need to make sure that you're ready to vote, you can do it there. Vote.org. Please, please, please. And and listen, also, don't just register. Fucking vote. This is a big, big deal this year. And if you are legally allowed to do so, you got to cast a vote. Now, officially as a podcast, we do not have a political stance, but may I just personally, as Brian Weck, suggest that you vote for the candidate who, for example, believes in science and is not a complete monster. Just some advice in terms of who to vote for. Vote.org. Go there to check your registration status and please be a participant in what, for now, is a democracy. Brian, I can't believe you would abandon us like that. You said you went out for cigarettes and you were gone for a whole two minutes. This is just a ploy to make sure that the two of you hang out at some point. (laughs) All right. Yeah, that's true. I'll accept it. (laughs) Brian. Yes. So Jimmy Lavelle sent me a video of like his friend slash my old teacher, Bobby. Uh And he also went to UCSD. I'm not sure if it was the same time as you did, but he took a class from Dr. Ramachandran. He like taught neuroscience. Yeah, I didn't really know anyone in neuro. Uh, okay. He's talking about like foot fetishes. Okay, now you have my attention. <laughs> <laughs> so my teacher Bobby was talking about the phantom hand, right? Like on your face. Have you heard of this? Yes. No. So when your hand gets cut off, you can feel a phantom hand on your face because the things in your brain or whatever for your hand and your face are next to each other. Something like that. Basically, there's some kind of sense memory of having the limb. It's like a phantom limb kind of situation. Yeah. So I guess Dr. Ramachandran said that that explains foot fetishes because the genitalia and the feet are right next to each other on whatever like cortex, sensory cortex or some shit like that. I've heard I, I've heard something like that. Oh, dude, this guy is 69 years old. Nice. <laughs> I have heard that, yeah, like they're located next to each other, like the foot and the general stuff yeah. in, in the brain. I don't know if that's actually true, but if a neuroscientist said it, I'm going to believe it's true. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll choose to believe it. And so my teacher, Bobby, took it a little a step further and said, foot fetishes are caused by circumcision. <laughs> Uh, that's kind of a leap, but okay. <laughs> so it, it's like phantom dick. <laughs> oh, yes, please. Phantom dick. Love that. I mean, me too, but not... Uh, go ahead, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of... What's that Nathan for You episode where the realtor got attacked by the ghost in Switzerland? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that along with the like uh, gas station guy talking about drinking his grandson's pee. Yeah. Just as the two moments where Nathan cannot keep it together. That was so good. That was the best one. 
didn't he have the priest give him a prayer for like small penis? <laughs> I, I haven't seen that, that episode in so long. Yeah, it's the same one with the ghost realtor. What's your favorite Nathan for you episode, Brian? Oh, there's too many to choose. It was actually the first one I saw. It's the one that's really stuck with me. Is the the TV for a dollar promo <laughs> where you have to you had to obey the dress code and then go through like a one foot tall door past an alligator to get the TV. <laughs> I, and then he had to I think that was that the same one he had to like romance a Best Buy employee to get like yeah. some inside information I just love his utilization of Craigslist too yeah you know the guy who wrote the book for the movement uh huh apparently the story is that they only paid the guy like it was either like $50 or only $500 like something like dirt cheap uh-huh. to turn over a book in like a week <laughs> Amazing. So fucked. Jesus. I, I really, what's the one where like he has the earpiece with the two people going on a date at Subway? <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't remember that one very well. He sets up his assistant Solomon to go on this blind date with this woman that he met on uh, this show that he made for himself. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. yeah. It was like a bachelor <laughs> dating show. Right, right, right. Of course. Yes. <laughs> Just so like, he could gain confidence. It had a great name. What was the name of it, too? Uh, the Hunk. The- <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> I also love the one where it's like um, he's trying to prove that he's a fun guy. <laughs> so he's following <laughs> everyone around and like, what is it? He like tests their piss or whatever. Yeah, we should get a blood test, you know, <laughs> just for fun. Oh, that was so good. I love Nathan Free. I have like three people that I want to like sit down and have lunch with him. Wow. Who? Okay. Well, now you have to say the other ones. The other one is definitely Shia LaBeouf. Really I love Shia LaBeouf. Okay, talk to me about that, dude. So Shia LaBeouf, I just love him because he's kind of one of those artists who's not afraid to wear like you know their artistry and their hearts on their sleeve. Uh huh. I feel like you guys might go through this too, but just the quote unquote like tortured artist thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And he's not afraid to like you know show that he's like gone through all this bullshit, like how he had all those like performance arts, the bag over his face. I'm not famous anymore. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The the meta modernism. Yeah. All that shit. And then his recent movie, Honey Boy, which is basically mm. his relationship with his dad and having to be like a child star and shit like that. That movie was really good. It was. It's on some streaming thing right now, right? It's supposed to be on Amazon. Yeah. It's just shit like that. And so the director for Honey Boy is this woman, Alma Hudel. And they have like a crazy like backstory. So she directed a music video for Seeger Rose. Oh, really? Yeah. Dude, one of the best bands in the world. Yeah, for sure. It was for one of their records called Voltari. Seeger Rose gave out directors $10,000 budgets. And I think this is how the story goes, but she called Shia to see if he wanted to like be in their music video. And that relationship started because he found her documentary Bombay Beach, just like at Amoeba Records. Hmm. So he found her documentary at Amoeba. Then she called him to later do this music video for Seeger Rose. And it's just like so visceral and like super emotional, super trippy, Hmm. very like drugged out vibes. And he's like naked in it, which is Hmm. great. 
<laughs> and somehow it's on YouTube. So yeah, Naked Shia LaBeouf. What's the uh, name of the music video? Oh my gosh, it's one of my favorite Sigur Rós songs. It's called Fogar Piano. It's spelled F-J-O-G-U-R and then piano. That piece was compilated because all the members of Sigur Rós had like one piece of film or like some screen thing that they had that they all wrote different piano pieces to. Mm-hmm. And they just like lumped them all into like one song. That's awesome. Yeah. I got to say, dude, I don't know Sigur Rós like super well. I listened to the first couple of albums and loved them. I thought they were amazing. Mm-hmm. As I understand it, they rose to prominence because Tom York was like, this is the best band in the world. And then everyone jumped on him because everyone loves Tom York. And they were amazing. And then after, I don't even know, probably like, I mean, that must have been early 2000s-ish, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm sure they kept doing amazing stuff, but I just, for whatever random reason, have not paid attention to it. Yeah, yeah. My favorite record is, it's like Mayo something something. Wait, hold on. It's the- <laughs> <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> well, it's not pronounced M-A-Y-O. Oh, yes, it is, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> they're Icelandic, right? Yes, they're Icelandic. So it's it's Mayo, Suo, I, Erum, Vio, Spillum, and Delaust. Yeah, which in Icelandic means Mayo is the best condiment. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus oh, Christ. Dear God. I know Sigur Rós and the way Yonsi talks, so that's why... When I watched, what's that movie with Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams that just came out? Oh, Eurovision. Yeah, I was like, Rachel McAdams' accent is so good. She like pulled yeah. it off really well. I thought Will Ferrell's accent was like okay at best. Yeah, what a shock. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, we get a little bit of Will Ferrell aggression out here? I love Will Ferrell. I'm just not surprised that he can't do a flawless Icelandic accent, is all I'm saying. You're right. Fair and just. Speaking of Tom York, did you guys see the Suspiria remake? No. Mm-mm. Uh, well, shit, never mind. <laughs> I, what I was going to say was I love the original Suspiria. I don't like the remake very much. I appreciate the level to which it like went for it, but it's just like it's trying too hard to do too many things, in my opinion. But anyway, like Tom York did the soundtrack for that, which Goblin did the soundtrack for the original Suspiria, which is just like a crazy iconic soundtrack and like main riff. Hmm. And the Tom York Suspiria soundtrack is wrong for the movie, but as a standalone album, really, really good. Mm. Huh. I highly recommend it. It's it's pretty delightful. It's just like spookier Radiohead. Did you watch uh, Phantom Thread? Speaking of Radiohead people, no, I'm I'm very like unwatched on my Paul Thomas Anderson. So I love this film, and it has a Johnny Greenwood score, which is like unbelievably great Mm. it's very kind of classical piano and strings and it's it's super super awesome i recommend just listening to it on its own yeah hot take Uh uh-oh i don't really like radiohead that much fair uh (laughs) you know what i hadn't listened to radiohead in like a long time i mean maybe as much as 10 years i hadn't like sat down and listened to a radiohead album so for the first time in a long time i listened to a few albums it was like a month ago. And I was surprised how much I did still like them. Mm. Like I, I didn't listen to everything, just like Kid A, OK Computer. Uh, I'm not going to fucking listen to Pablo Honey. I have no interest in that. <laughs> Do you like Kid A and like post-Kid A stuff more than you like OK Computer era? Yes, very much. Interesting. OK. The fewer guitars involved, the happier I am, basically, <laughs> with Radiohead. 
okay, interesting. Yeah, I'm very much... Maybe it's just the nostalgia with just constantly crying to OK Computer as a high schooler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that I'm just like, oh, yeah, this is, this is the good shit. It's great. Like, I, It's not like I dislike OK Computer. I mean, I think OK Computer is a great album. I just like, as they get kind of more synthy, uh, I like it more. Although I don't remember In Rainbows very well, so I can't really comment on that. That's all right. That's just too, like, drony for me. I mean, I like drony music, but I just need to give it another shot. Yeah, I trust everyone involved in making it, you know? Like, they all have good taste and, totally. and do good shit. And none of these albums are bad by any stretch. Although, again, Pablo Honey is, uh, it's not my style. Uh, but, it, I mean, it's just too, too poppy, really. Um, that That's the one that Creep is on, right? Yes. I think so, yeah. Creep is, like, the only song I can, like, tell you that is by Radiohead. <laughs> you can't name any other Radiohead songs? No. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, I, like, immensely respect this. <laughs> for a musician i feel like this is a very hot take dude i know the hottest take is that like gosh i feel so stupid that i'm gonna say this like to the public just say it say it say it say it i never really realized or knew who radiohead was until i moved out of hawaii to california i mean what like we all have our blind spots you shouldn't i, I mean yes that is exceptionally stupid but <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist that. No, like, dude, I, I I can't even tell you. I don't think I knew most classic rock bands until I was like in or post college. Yeah, you know, like I, I had these what would be considered far worse blind spots in music than that. I mean, I don't think it's a particularly egregious one. All right, great. I'm not okay. So, question: What are some of the like still big blind spots for you two musically? that you would like to get into or just have not given a chance yet? Oh, I'm going to get so burned. Yeah, me too. <laughs> a lot of like classic rock, like yep. Zeppelin and uh, fucking Pink Floyd. Like when we're at Sunset, Brian, people are like, oh yeah, they fucking did this with Led Zeppelin in this room. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> 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 yeah, man. Like same thing for me. I really don't know much i mean i've heard zeppelin stuff of course but i have to say like i you know i don't know like 20 years ago or something a friend like burned a box set for me and it was like here's everything and people are gonna be mad about this but i was like <laughs> all right i guess like it's not bad but it did not instill this like passion for the music from me i have to say it is growing on me as i listen to it more yeah but yeah it's definitely not one of those bands where i am reverent about it like yeah many others sorry for the keyboard noises i'm just uh drafting my call out post for brian wax call out does not like what is up and also foot fetish is receipts <laughs> same thing with any classic rock thing like uh crosby stills and nash nope yeah. uh definitely pink floyd although since knowing dan i've i've heard yeah. a bit more uh god what else like all, all that steve miller like i don't even know all, all this classic <laughs> rock bullshit and it, i feel like it, it is a list of like old white guys who are now assholes <laughs> that i don't know anything about you know see but you love yacht rock like i know that's not classic rock but it is very interesting that you specked out in the yacht rock direction Yes, and I, I agree with that. But also, most of that stuff I only really got to love recently, and so I had to come back to it. 
Like I was not a massive Al Jarreau fan before. I mean, pretty recently, like five years ago or something, you know, that was not like my deal. And then I got into it and then went deep down those holes, but it wasn't my thing for a long, long time. Layton, do you have any musical blind spots? Yes, obviously a, a ton of them. Let's see. I've never gotten really into David Bowie, um, which may be surprising considering me. That is surprising to me, actually. I'm a huge Bowie fan and have been for a long time. That's one where I definitely do not have a blind spot. It's like one where like, I know I will be into it based off of like the few songs that I've heard. I only know like three Bowie songs. It's like Lazarus, Black Star. Great songs. Lazarus does fucking rule. So good. Yeah. And fucking Heroes because... Yes. It was used in fucking Perks of Being a Wallflower. (laughs) (laughs) Boy. Actually, I would say I was roughly 26 or 27, like around your guys' age-ish, when I really got into Bowie for the first time and then went through everything, all the Berlin albums and everything. It's like, there's some really amazing stuff there, especially in the like Heroes, Lodger... Aladdin Sane kind of year. It's so fucking great. It, it is worth sitting down and listening to. All right. So here's another question I have. There And there are definitely more artists I'm thinking of, especially like uh, Aphex Twin and um, Oniotrix Point Never and that kind of stuff that I haven't fully gotten into yet, even though, mm-hmm. again, no, I would like them. This feels like a generational thing to me of people who grew up sort of like buying albums versus like having access to streaming services and like iPods and shit. I very rarely like listen to albums straight through. Like I'm, I'm more of a playlist uh, kind of building the vibe listener to things. Mm-hmm. So for like a lot of bands that I like, I, I'm not sure I could name like, oh, this is my favorite album or they got better after this or whatever the fuck. But yeah. Same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another hot take is like, I can't tell you a Death Cab song off the top of my head. Oh, yeah. That is the least egregious thing you've said so far. <laughs> <laughs> One of your lesser crimes. Yeah. <laughs> the fucking dumb thing is that I know who Ben Gibbard is is because of the Postal Service. Postal Service, yeah. Yeah. And that's like one of my all-time favorite bands, projects, records, yeah. like To Die For. And people are like, oh, yeah, that's a guy from fucking Death Cab for Cutie. I'm like, oh. You are completely correct and you didn't say this explicitly but it was strongly implied postal service is better than death cab by a significant (laughs) margin like at least to me oh i'm in the minority here i don't like either of them but i especially do not like postal service really yeah i know that's that's my hot take to me such great heights is like one of the all-time great songs i hate that song so much really (laughs) yeah (laughs) i think it's it's awesome the USPS was trying to sue the Postal Service <laughs> because of the name, but then they ended up working out some deal that the Postal Service band was going to let USPS like license such great heights and a couple commercials oh. for free. <laughs> and Ben Gibbard was going to become a letter carrier. <laughs> I mean, I would, if there was like a short form documentary just following a day in the life of that, I would really enjoy it. There was some video for, I think it was a reissue of the Postal Service where it's like the Postal Service auditions where Ben Gibbard is auditioning people. Did you see this? Yeah. No. So it was Jimmy Tamburello, who was the producer of the Postal Service. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Super cool guy. I've met him like a couple of times in person. Awesome. And he was like going through people to try to find the singer of the Postal Service. And there were so much characters. Weird Al. Weird Al. 
Duff, Duff. McKagan. Yep, I was uh, gonna say Duff McKagan. Yeah. Tom DeLong, fucking Moby, <laughs> um, uh, Mark Marin was one of them. Yeah. And then Ben Gibbard finally came on. He had this like really stupid haircut. <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoyed that video. That was a while ago now. It was like the 10th anniversary of that album or something, I think. Yeah, in 2013. And the weird thing is, like, I never got into the Postal Service till, like, 2013 when they came back. Mm-hmm. I only knew, like, such great heights because of, like, skateboarding videos. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like, skateboarding videos is how I found out about, like, so much of my music. That's how I found out about skateboarding is through skateboarding videos. <laughs> Did you just see skateboards out in the wild and be like, what sort of locomotive abomination is this? No, I'd, I'd <laughs> never seen a skateboard before. We didn't have them in New Jersey. They were illegal. Wait, seriously? I'm always serious. Jared, you know this. <laughs> uh, and that's why they started this, this skateboarding is not a crime movement to protest the New Jersey state law outlawing skateboards. And it wasn't until I saw a skateboard video six months ago that I was aware that skateboarding was a thing. (laughs) Ryan, can we teach you how to skateboard? (laughs) You want to go tear it up? I categorically refuse at my age and level of coordination to get on a skateboard. Come on, you'll be fine. Have you broken a bone before? You can go break. You, You can spare a bone, right? I have broken bones before. Finger bones. Right, I recall this story. Those are the only bones I've broken, uh, and I'm not getting on a fucking skateboard for anybody. So, no, I refuse to be taught how to skateboard. It's not happening. (laughs) This is a a sad day for late-night listeners everywhere and for skaters everywhere. I'll tell you who does want to become a little skater uh, is my daughter. And I fully support it. Oh, yeah, 100%, dude. That's great. I think that would make my anxiety as a parent just wild out. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. We were watching videos of Sky Brown. Is that her name? Yeah. Actually, I heard she was in some very bad accident yep. pretty recently, right? Shit. I didn't even know about this until very recently because Audrey and I were watching her. And of course, Audrey was like, I want to do that. And I was like, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> but like, even watching the videos of her doing stuff filled me with anxiety as a parent. Yeah. A lot of people at like, the skateboarding community were like kind of upset that her parents were even like filming her at like the hospital in like her hospital bed or whatever they were yeah being like what happened to you sky i'm like you know this happened and this like whatever video it is her telling about the accident Mm. yeah a bunch of like skateboarders were like fucking pissed about that that they're like exploiting her that seems Mm. a little iffy the hospital bed thing yeah no thank you yeah fuck that yeah maybe for audrey did she have like a little scooter or anything no, right now she just has a little bike. <laughs> the new thing, she and Rachel usually uh, will go on what they call a bike and scoot, where Audrey bikes <laughs> and Rachel scoots on Rachel's uh, Razor scooter, and they go all around the neighborhood, and Audrey uh, screams at everyone she sees about basic biographical information, <laughs> such as her age and stuff she likes. God, I love that. Hi, my name's Audrey. I'm six years old. I'm in first grade. What's your name? Is that a dog? You know, that kind of stuff. (laughs) It's pretty cute. But yeah, like a a Razor scooter. I fucking loved my secondhand Razor scooter as a child and have been thinking about getting a scooter as an adult because I own a skateboard and a longboard that I've tried. So I'm just so out of shape. Like I can't, like my legs just become jelly. And also I'm frightened of going into traffic and dying. Did you skate a lot as a kid? No. (laughs) I got like a little <laughs> tiny skateboard as a child and then I'd ride it to the end of the driveway and then become frightened 
Um, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Thank you. That's my sister had a skateboard and that's what I did. And we lived on a hill and I was terrified of going into the steep part of the road yeah. and that was it. Yeah. Have we talked about, I, I have like a very strange phobia of like steep inclines. No, we have not talked about this. It's not, I'm not afraid of heights, but any sort of like steep incline that you could potentially like end up sliding down, which is problematic in Los Angeles and also in San Francisco where I've been several times, like I don't understand it, but I've, since I was a child, had like nightmares about being unsteady on like a sharp incline. Whoa. So they very much frighten me. <laughs> yeah. Well, they are kind of terrifying. They're awesome, but they are very scary. Yeah. Uh, but Jarek, you are a full on skateboarder, right? Uh, not so much like doing it a lot anymore, but yeah, like I grew up skateboarding from like middle school to like high school. I never got like crazy good anyways, um, but I could do like heel flips and tray flips and push comfortably. I have no idea what any of those things are. <laughs> they're, they're tricks that you would do. Well, okay. I got that. Thank you. <laughs> like I, I had a very, have a very dear friend, uh, basically from, from grad school who was like a super skater kid, grew up in Georgia and then like was full on, it had like, you know, old thrasher magazines all around the place all the time like I, and most of what i know about skateboarding culture comes from from this dude yeah but yeah i was way too not cool to be anywhere near a skateboard <laughs> growing up and also i don't know like in you know in north jersey in the mid 80s was it even a thing probably but i don't think like super much it i mean it felt more like a west coast thing yeah this guy I knew growing up back home, his mom, she was the first female skater sponsored by Vans. Really? Whoa. Yeah, when Vans was still a tennis shoe. Like, they were <laughs> promoting as a tennis shoe. Whoa. Like, she showed us pictures of her, like, dropping in and shit in, like, Thrasher magazine, like, from back in the day. That's awesome. Uh, and she's, like, a realtor now. <laughs> <laughs> we should introduce ourselves. Everybody, this is Layton. Hi, that's me. The person who just spoke is Brian. This show is Late Night with Brian Wecht. And you might recognize the voice of our mystery guest. So mystery guest, whose name we've said multiple times during, As always. during this first 30 minutes. Would you care to introduce yourself? Hi, this is Jarek. I'm mystery guest. I produce and edit this podcast called Late Night with Brian Wecht. I also did the deep cut stuff too. Yeah, that is me. Well, and also you're a musician and... Yeah, musician, music producer, audio engineer, tennis player too. Which, dude, I did not know about the tennis thing until Roach told me the other day that you guys played tennis. Okay, so Jarek and I have actually been working together for, what, like three years at this point? Close to it? It's close to two because I moved on Halloween of 2018. Oh, shit. Okay, cool. So closer to two. Yeah, I started working with Jim Roach the same month that I moved here. Oh, wow. It was like right before you guys went on the Australia tour, right? Yeah, because that was February 2019 was Australia for us. Yeah. So like we met around right before you guys left for Australia. Fuck. I feel like we've known each other for so much longer. That's wild. Oh, yeah, totally. Look at that. Look at friendship. I know, right? We love friendship. <laughs> love to see it. So Jarek has been working with Ninja Sex Party's producer and Starbucks producer Jim Roach for, for a couple of years now. And in the context of that and Go Banana Go stuff, Jarek and I have been doing stuff together for basically that whole time. Yep. And that's why you're here working on the podcast and then here today as well. Yeah. 
So we've talked a little bit about it in the drop-ins, but when you say home, just tell people real quick about where you grew up. So give it a little context. So I was born and raised in Hawaii. The real way to say Hawaii and the old Hawaiian way is Hawaii. But you can also say Hawaii. People just say Hawaii. It doesn't bother me as much. <laughs> <laughs> well, it it sure sounded like it bothers you because the, the, the way you said Hawaii was so derisive that I was very impressed. Well, yeah, Hawaii. I was born and raised on Kauai. I moved to San Diego in 2013 for school. And Kauai, if you don't know the it, where that is, it's in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Much like the rest of the state of Hawaii. <laughs> Barack Obama is from Oahu. And on Kauai, where I was born and raised, do you guys remember the pro surfer Bethany Hamilton? Mm-hmm. She's from the North Shore of Kauai. Oh, cool. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So she had her, her arm bit off there. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching the the like movie about her and then being very surprised at how Christian it was. Oh, yeah. What the hell was that movie called? Soul Surfer. Oh, God. I was house-sitting for Roach, um, and I like tried watching the first 10 minutes, and I fucking immediately turned it off. <laughs> so bad. It was like the whitest thing, like... Ever. Oh, it sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much at this point, if a movie has the word soul in the title, it's going to be a white thing. That wasn't true 40 years ago. I think now it's now it's pretty much true. Uh, the cultural appropriation has come full circle. Yeah. So what was, uh, was Kauai like a very Christian place growing um, up? That was kind of the main religion or faith that people believed in. But there were like a bunch of like other... Um, religious beliefs, you know, mm-hmm. like there were Mormons, there were Buddhists, a, a bunch of other things. It was like a melting pot of yeah, yeah. everything. They're Jehovah's Witnesses. So, I mean, oh, wow. Yeah. I dated a Jehovah's Witness in high school. So, was it like a serious thing? I mean, the religion? Oh, yeah. It was definitely a serious thing. I remember. <laughs> okay. Now oh, I'm yeah. excited. Yeah. Now I'm excited for this story. <laughs> I remember like we we were like breaking up on and off like when I moved. Mm-hmm. And I remember she was like, you know what, if we want to make this work, one of us has to stop believing in one of our religions. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm not going to, you know, become a Jehovah's Witness. So, yeah, I mean, you know, respect to everybody and what you all believe in. Of course. Yeah. But that's just not what I believed in. So. Was Prince a Jehovah's Witness? Am I remembering that correctly? I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, Prince became a Jehovah's Witness, yeah. I'm more surprised that more people are Scientologists. I know so little about Scientology, and I have to say it is as baffling to me as almost all religions. You know, I I don't know anything that makes it substantially better or worse, except for the very, very sketchy thing that it was obviously started as kind of a fake thing. (laughs) Which seems to be the case. Really? I think, okay, no one quote me on this. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't want to get in trouble for saying bullshit, but... Dude, Scientology is going to come after you. Which they kind of do, right? Uh, But (laughs) isn't there a famous quote by L. Ron Hubbard, which is like, the best way to become immortal is to start your own religion, and then he did it? Yeah, well, I mean, he was in with all of the, like, science fiction authors and, like, Anton Sanzer-Levay and, like, all that. Like, it, it was yeah. a very strange scene for that to rise out of. And the history of it is really interesting. 
I think I've mentioned it on the show before, but there's that podcast, Ono, oh Ross, and Carrie, mm, yeah, where yeah. they joined Scientology and just like, okay, how far along can we get in this before they figure out that we're doing this for a podcast? <laughs> um, and I don't really like that show, but it was very interesting. And I was listening to it at a time where I was constantly driving through the like Hollywood big blue building. Yep, yep, and I'd yep. just be sitting at that stoplight. And it, that one is so grim because it's right next to that children's hospital. Yes. Like, oh, uh-huh. those motherfuckers are, are preying on some sad parents right now. Like there's no way they're not. Yeah. Totally. They have like the satellite organizations that like are not on their face Scientology, but the organization is called Narconon. It's like nested between like several organizations. So there's like Narconon International and then the parent company is Association for Better Living and Education. And then that's owned by Scientology. Oh, oh gosh. It's a, it's a really interesting read because they had a lot of deaths and controversies. Like if you look at the Wikipedia page, it's just a deep dive. So, you know, people who hmm. like a good internet deep dive, check it out. Oh, I had an idea this week, ready? Speaking of deep dives. Someone should do a deep dive into deep dives. <laughs> right? And it's like a really deep dive into all the deep dives. Because now deep dives are like a thing. And it could be called deepest dives or deep, deep dive dive. Is the other idea I came up with for that. Yeah, it'd be crazy if somebody did that for like horror movies or something. Well, that's what the like uh, deep cuts could be one of the things that the deep dive does a deep dive into because it's a deep dive. Would that be not only profiling the episode, but profiling me slowly losing my mind as I wrote those episodes? Yeah, mm-hmm. it would It would be everything. That's what would make it a deep dive. Deep, 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 deep cuts dive. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, pretty compelling, right? Yeah, that sounds great. I think that would turn into a lot of just reading Wikipedia pages, which actually, since we discussed this in the emails before of like, being like, does the show need segments question mark i jerick you said you liked the wikipedia sentence thing or i'm making that up and putting words in your mouth i think that i said the sentiment (laughs) is there (laughs) (laughs) fuck me then this is a good opportunity for jerick to tell us what we're doing wrong so okay a little peek behind the curtain here everybody every week we do the episode and then jerick sends us a cut with some ideas for stuff to keep or stuff to cut and, you know, his feelings about various uh, things we do. So publicly now, I think this would be a great opportunity for you to tell us what we could do better. Like, you know, obviously in a, in a kind way, because you, I mean, what you would do anyway, because you're a nice guy, but like, I, I think this is a great opportunity to like, basically to say, here's stuff that I'd like to try. Actually, speaking of which, I do have a whole list of late in night podcast ideas. Oh, what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that I started like probably from like episode 13, which is the first one I started. Do it. Oh, shit. Hit us with some. Yes. Hit corner. Yay. Hit corner. I have a giant segment, quote unquote, called What's in Your Spam Folder? <laughs> I love that. Should we do some of these right now? (laughs) Read what's in your spam folder. Yeah. I fucking love that. I also, one that I was thinking of was uh, reading Twitter drafts. (laughs) Oh. Oh, God. Yeah. No. There's a reason that the NSP drafts are in the drafts. I think that means maybe we should. Mine are really terrible. Mine are really bad. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm looking up my uh, spam folder here. Everyone pull up your spam folders. Let's see. I get a lot of physics and math spam. 
So I have something from Applied Mathematics, which is a call for papers. It's probably a predatory journal. Uh, the Journal of Modern Physics is having a special issue on field theory. Ooh. Let's see. Ooh, here's a good one. It, it says it's from me, sort of, but the subject line is, I caught you masturbating, but the M in <laughs> masturbating is clearly an upside-down W. <laughs> oh, this is so good. I'm going to read this one. Hi, I will be direct. You watch adult content often, and I caught you... I'm going to call it masturbating because, <laughs> oh, and the R in masturbating is an upside down. Hold on. What is It's got some kind of diacritical mark or something on it, but it's not a normal R. Here, I'm going to text it to you. <laughs> masturbating. Yeah, masturbating. <laughs> Here, look at this. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you see what I mean about the R, though? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're like that's an upside down W. <laughs> Dude, that's so. That R is really funny. Here, I'm going to read you the rest of this. So clearly, that somehow they they want to evade spam filters. A bunch of the M's are upside down W's. So I'm going to read this. I will be direct. You watch adult content often, and I caught you masturbating. We all do it from time to time. How I did this? Your router was vulnerable. I was able to inject some code into the firmware. And the W, so it's like firmware because the W is up to that again. And, and every device connected on the network, including phones, was compromised. Then I set every device available to record with the camera, camera, only when you watch adult content. I also got your contact lists, phone numbers, emails, social media contacts, and here is the deal. If you don't pay me $950 worth in Bitcoin, which has been hyphenated <laughs> like it's from the 1870s, I will send your masturbation <laughs> video and search history to all of your contacts. And then it provides a couple Bitcoin addresses, and it says, important, you must put the two parts together. I see it's like part one and part two. But I guess it, that'll teach me to masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> and then next to that is some crackpot physics theory that someone sent me. So. Sick. I, I'm not sure anything can beat masturbating. <laughs> it's anything can't beat off masturbating. Um, I have a lot of the, of course, oh, my somebody with a similar name to you died and left 30 million, blah, blah, blah. But my more interesting one is one that I've had to repeatedly block. So in 2017, good friend and co-creator of Dream Daddy and I were awarded, I guess, the we were part of the Forbes 30 under 30 in mm -hmm. gaming. I remember that, yeah. Which was very confusing um and every time it's announced like everyone on twitter is like this bad because it promotes uh working yourself to death before 30 and they're not wrong but the thing is when you get forbes 30 under 30 i think people assume that there's a lot more to it than it is when it really is you get added to a spam email list for rich people <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to read you the subjects for a bunch of these. One week away, under 30, Women's Global Summit. Who runs the world? Girls. Re, are you coming? Join your tribe. Register today for the Forbes 30 Under 30 Summit in Detroit. Five reasons to attend the U30 Global Women's Summit. You're invited to the Forbes Under 30 newsletter. Time is running out. RSVP today. Like, do you express your opinions candidly during interviews and on social media? <laughs> It's ridiculous, and I'm not sure if I can find it because it was several years ago, but they have, like, a merch store. And hold on, let me see if I can find the Forbes 30 Under 30 merch store because it's 
the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen. Jarek, this bit rules. Yeah, I really like this. I'm glad. We're doing this all the time now. (laughs) My spam, real quick, just while you're Googling. I have this one for like my band email, and it says, Drugs and Strippers, mixtape? You got a song? (laughs) 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 That's a subject line. It's nothing like really interesting, but the other funny thing is just like, hi, I'm a Shaycon. I make, quote, hood movies. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I've got some really good sex ones in here, too. Oh, Make her chase you for sex (laughs) is one. I've got a video for you today that I know you're going to love. It's a free presentation of a brand new way that shows you how to get any girl turned on, attracted to you, and all caps, begging to be sleep with you in just (laughs) seconds. You can use this on a girl you've just met, or you can use it on one you've known for ages. The choice is yours, uh, smiley face. Oh. oh, and the best part is, this is 100% rejection proof. That uh, Clearly, that's true. Obviously. So, if you've ever been scared to make your move because she might shoot you down, this is for you. Go ahead right now and watch the video. After you do, you'll never have to spend another night alone, unless you want to. <laughs> unless you want to get some masturbating in. Yeah. Oh my Look, God. Who has time to masturbate with all these women? <laughs> Another subject I'm looking at right now in my spam folder is the secret, quote, penis brain trick for getting hard, parentheses, works every time. His penis brain really stood out <laughs> to me. This is great. Jarek, you are a genius. This is an amazing <laughs> bit. Yeah. Is there a way you can actually erect yourself just through thinking? I don't like to brag. <laughs> one of my many skills (laughs) my spam folder is really exclusively porn and theoretical physics (laughs) god we we've dropped so many excellent episode titles that we cannot use under any circumstances yeah yeah mine are not good other than forbes 30 under 30 spam please stop emailing me so a bit title for this idea spam a lot thoughts i kind of like that amazing hark fellow travelers and welcome to the bit known as Spamalot. I love spam, high key. Yes. That's oh, the best. Yeah. So good. Dude, if anybody goes to Hawaii, one, don't ever ask me where you can fucking go snorkeling. <laughs> <laughs> Not where I thought that was going to go. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. What I was alluding with this was people always ask me like, oh, where should I eat? You know? And I've told a couple of friends, I'm like, dude, you can honestly cruise to a 7-Eleven because the food there is actually pretty good. I've heard that, yeah. Yeah. The Spam Musa Bees there are like to die for. They're great. As a kid in like elementary school, middle school, that's what like we would grab for home lunch or for like summer school. Um, we'd bring it with us to like summer fun. So people are so repulsed by it, by Spam Musa Bees or food at 7-Eleven. Oh, it's so good. Oh, come on, dude. Yeah. It's the best. I definitely poo-pooed spam for a long time, and then I actually had it and was like, oh, I've been a fucking fool. Yeah. It's yeah. God's gift. What is so repulsive about spam anyways? I think it's just the idea that it's a processed meat with the idea of which upsets a lot of people, which, fair enough. Definitely when I'm like slurking sh- it out of the tin, I'm a little like... <laughs> the gelatin but then the moment it's in the frying pan i'm like oh fuck yeah dude i'm gonna give myself a heart attack 
I think it was you, Jerk. You remember on the way back from um, Australia, we did that Honolulu gig. I think yeah. you were like, just go to Foodland. They'll have the best food. You'll, you can get the best poke and everything. And you were a million percent correct. And yeah, it was fucking amazing. Not a lot of people realize that a lot of food like at like these grocery stores or like fast places like 7-Eleven are locally sourced. So like the place that makes all the food for 7-Eleven is like on Oahu. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's like, fuck off. That's awesome. <laughs> I really love places and especially now with the COVID everything, like places where you can just walk up and get a thing and it's, you know, all there. Like, you know, I miss Wawa. It's just that kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to get my little snack and I'm going to go and I'm going to eat at my desk, whatever. Like, I wish that was more of a thing with like actually good stuff. Cause you can go to a Starbucks or whatever bullshit and get those just depressing like airplane meals. I don't want that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My other bit was things that make Brian mad. Oh, I like this. <laughs> yes, please. That's like the, the on cinema 60, 60 second soapbox for two. <laughs> Actually, wait, I like the idea of giving you 60 seconds to go off. Yeah. Okay. Actually, I, I heard something today uh, that I do want to go off about. Okay. Are you ready? I'm setting a timer right now. I know you, you didn't structure it this way. This is exactly what I don't think so, honey, on Lost Culturistas is. So I, I recognize that this is the all-time great podcast bit. They get 60 seconds to go off on some pop culture thing. I acknowledge that this is the same basic idea, even though I didn't come up with this. But you should listen to I Don't Think So, Honey, because it's really great. We'll call this something else, and it won't be quite the same thing. But I, I will happily rant about this. All right. Are you ready? Yeah, great. All right. Three, two, one, go. All right. What the fuck is up with the Todd Rundgren song, Can We Still Be Friends? Have you heard this song? It is maybe the worst song I've ever heard. And it was a massive hit, like in Australia. So Todd Rundgren, you know, legendary producer, uh, songwriter, like fucking classic rock. I want you to go listen to this song and tell me one single good fucking thing about it. The performance sucks. The song is stupid. It has one of the dumbest breakdowns in music history. Uh, I I could not. I, I started listening to some Spotify playlist of... Uh, it was like 70s ballads because I was like, oh, that'll be up my alley. This was the first song on the playlist. And I I was setting up uh, audio stuff and I had to stop. I like stopped and froze in the middle of the floor because I thought it was I was like, there's no way this is like a major, major hit. Like a very competent songwriter. It was astonishingly bad. Can we still be friends? Uh, my response to that is no, Todd Rundgren. We can't still be friends because you write terrible fucking songs. <laughs> Time. <laughs> oh, that was great. Not only did that go great, I've been li- I started listening to Can We Still Be Friends at the start and I don't I can't get past 30 seconds. This fucking sucks so bad. All right, Jerk, Jerk, pull up this song right now and listen to it cuz it's really bad. You only need like 30 seconds cuz immediately it starts and it sucks. Okay. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he says a name in the 10 second mark. Oh, yeah. And here he's singing kind of off key. Yeah. Oh, and my God. Todd yeah, it's, it's really, really bad. The Famously, his, his, his big, big hit that everyone knows is the I don't want to work. I just want to bang on this drum all day. Do you know that one? <laughs> no, I don't. What song is that called? Of course. I think it's called Bang on This Drum. <laughs> bang the drum all day. Yes, that's what it is. Also a bad song. Also a bad song. Actually, Bang the Drum All Day has maybe the dumbest solo section 
which I think is supposed to be a bass solo, but it just goes ba 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 ba. It's like it 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 had to be embarrassing to play. Massive hit, massive hit. Here, I'm gonna play you something. Okay, fucking possibly the worst bass solo in rock history. Just awful. Uh, it's probably spy. It's probably like some monster player too. Okay, you know, I have a question. I'm not sure if this will work, but basically yesterday, Vernon sent me a video because he has been learning to play piano and he was like, I've been dying to figure out what this song is because I know that it's a song, but I don't know what it is. And I'm going to play you the video that he sent me and see if either of you know. Oh, shit, shit. Hold on. All right, you ready? Yeah. Hey, um, I just got the song stuck in my head and I don't know what it's from. So if you know this tune, could you let me know what it is? Because I am panicking. What is that song? Do you know the answer to this? No. It sounds like some basic piano piece. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like a lullaby. Vaguely like the Westworld theme, but it's not. <laughs> the Westworld theme rules, though. It does. It absolutely does. Much unlike the show. You didn't like the first season? I liked many things about the first season. And then the second season, I had no idea what was happening at any given point. I'm basically just watching it for Jeffrey Wright at that point, because he's the best. And I watched part of the first episode of the third season. It was like, no, I don't have the capacity to follow this right now. And I'm not going to understand it. It's still going. They just finished the third season several months ago. Anyway, no, I don't know what that song is, but it sounds like a basic piano piece or folk song or something like that. Yeah. Listeners, if you know what it is, hit me up. Speaking of Westworld, Brian, um, this sample library company called Spitfire, mm-hmm. they put out a score this Westworld piece. Um, <laughs> they picked a winner, and the whole like composer community was fucking pissed. Wait, so what was it? They showed some video, and they were like, write a score for this. Yeah, write a cue for this Westworld scene. Um and the piece that they picked was just this like super like not serious, super like funny, like eight bit sounding <laughs> <laughs> musical piece, which I'll, I'll send to you guys. Um, but like just the comments, dude, everyone was so pissed off. And then, gosh, um, the owner of Spitfire was just like, welcome to media composition. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I, I do agree, like, the, the real music from Westworld, mm-hmm. I think it's Raman Jawadi, I think so, mm-hmm. is fantastic. Da, yeah. da, 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 like, just a little bit discordant. Uh, fucking great. Really, really good stuff. Okay, question. What's the best TV theme song, in your opinion? W- very simple answer. The answer is Night Court. What's Night Court? Uh, night, night core, night court. Well, I can't answer the question of what night core is. <laughs> yeah, that's a latent. I'm a little bit night core, and I'm a little bit night court. Welcome to latent night. 
thought it was something like crab core or, or like <laughs> metal core, or, <laughs> or is it knight core? Like it's okay. Night Court was a sitcom from the eighties on NBC. It was on right after Cheers, and uh, it had Harry Anderson, who I deeply love, and a bunch of other people. And it has all time great theme song. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know the theme to this. Layton, do you have any idea what Night Court is? Yeah, of course I know what Night Court is, but mostly because of the 30 Rock episode, quote, the one with the cast of Night Court. Right. End quote. Yeah, I was watching Night Court when it was on and love that theme song. And another one I'll throw out there is the Quantum Leap theme song. It's a Mike Post, very prolific TV composer. But in terms of like song song, you're not going to do better than the theme from Taxi otherwise known as Angela by Bob James, who was one of the early What's Poppin' mm-hmm. recommendations. It was when we were still actually recording in your garage. Yeah, it's so good. And it's just a great piece by itself. has nothing to do with Taxi. And then became popular because of Taxi. But everything I answer is going to be from the 70s and 80s. Of course. Uh, what about you guys? Jared? Uh, favorite theme ever wrote for a TV? Probably The Office. Classic. That's a really good one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So good. I remember for a while, my I think it was like my Tinder or Hinge bio or whatever thing was, I asked girls if they skipped the intro to The Office. <laughs> <laughs> and if they did, I would not match with them. Nice. Yeah, if you skip the intro to The Office, swipe left. <laughs> That's a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Layton? I mean, gotta love uh, the True Detective season one theme song. Very good. You know, because it took convincing for me to watch the show in like 10 seconds into that like opening sequence. I was like, all right, I'm in, let's go. But for a show that I don't actually watch, The Leftovers, I love that Max uh, Richter theme Mm. song. It's really, really good. Oh, I don't know it. I was wanting to watch The Leftovers show because I've heard positive things. And I was like, you know what? As always, I want to read the book first. Uh, That book fucking sucks. Really? (laughs) I try to not give up on things halfway through but i just gave up i was like wow is this really just this lifetime soap shit where you have like the best premise and you're just not gonna engage with it at all and then i think maybe part of the reason why i dropped it is because it's like oh global catastrophe where suddenly a lot of people are dead question mark it's like the government gives everyone six figure settlements for every family member that they lost and i was like oh my god <laughs> so optimistic i can't um yeah. so it's just a little bit too much dissonance but i might not watch the show now because it seems totally uninteresting based on the book the show is supposed to be really really good yeah another theme song i'll throw out there is the star trek the next generation theme oh mm. fucking great oh how did i possibly skim over the succession theme yes that's a very good one indeed but going back to what you said about night court and then the mention of night core um, do either of you know what Night Core is? No. Absolutely not. Wait, hold on. Are we talking about N-I-G-H-T Core or K-N-I? N-I-G-H-T. Okay, not, <laughs> not K-Night Core. Okay, great. K-Night Core. I'm not going to describe it to you. I'm just going to drop a link and I would like some live reactions. What? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is No. I really don't like this. Stick it out. Get to the chorus. <laughs> oh, does it get all like metal or something? No. Oh my god. <laughs> this is great. What the fuck is happening? 
Yeah, clearly this is popular. I, I, uh, uh-uh. nope. It nope, is nope, for nope, context, nope, people nope. were listening to the Cascada uh, Bad Boy Nightcore mix. Oh my god! This is, you know, when they talk about like using music as a form of torture, like playing for like David Koresh or whoever they would play heavy metal music <laughs> really loud. I feel like that would be maybe somewhat okay for me. <laughs> this, if you played this. Even for several minutes, I would be like, nope, I give up. Take me. I'm done. Uh, this is absolutely a style of music that I have nothing good to say about. I feel like I shouldn't be allowed as a 45-year-old to listen to this. <laughs> it's the forbidden music. <laughs> yeah, I, I mostly know Be My Bad Boy and Every Time We Touch just because mid 2000s through 2010s if you were watching like some sort of like shippy video or like an amv you bet your sweet ass it was one of those two songs wow <laughs> i mean these guys have oh wow so how to be a heartbreaker 75 million views oh i didn't know there was a marina nightcore hold on i love that song anyway uh speaking of tumblr mid 2000s uh marina and the diamonds everybody fucking best uh, don't know it she's like great like bubblegum pop kind of like almost like father john misty in terms of like the satirical stuff but she did a really great concept album called electra heart which like each song is a different like stereotype of women like it sure her shit's super good i would like to hear music like this exact stuff so take what we just heard musically with that exact style and just have kind of a, a low, out-of-tune male voice singing <laughs> over it. I think that would be amazing. Okay, I want to see if I can find Nightcore Dave Matthews Band. Oh, my God. Of course, it's going to be <laughs> Ants Marching. So my cover band in college used to play this song. Of course I did. I played it on soprano saxophone. Oh, this is great. Great is not the word I would have picked. <laughs> the little fucking riffs. Okay, I'm turning. I can't take this anymore. What or who is Nightcore? Nightcore essentially is pitch shifted and sped up popular songs. And it's, I think the name comes from like there was actually a group called Nightcore that that is the style. But uh. yeah, that's Nightcore. You know what? I really do think that Nightcore versus Night Court is a pretty good encapsulation of the differences between you and me, Layden. Yeah, I think that should be the episode title, honestly. Nightcore versus Night Court? Absolutely. Yeah. I would like to hear either... I, I don't want to keep doing the thing where we search music that we can't actually put in the episode, but does Nightcore and Sex Party exist? All right, let me see. Ooh. And the answer is yes, it does. <laughs> oh. Several. Please Holy send one. Shit. Okay. I am not going to comment. I'm not going to say anything negative about something a fan went out oh, of their way to take yeah. the time to do because that's just mean. You're really just criticizing your own song. <laughs> yes, that's true. Okay. I'm listening to Heart Boner, the Nightcore version. <laughs> Let's listen. <laughs> this kind of rules. <laughs> this is great. What can I say? It's a great song. I don't know if this makes it better. I mean, sorry. I know it does not, but... The, the Cool Patrol one is really good. I, I think the pitch shift on Dan's voice actually sounds really cool. Right, I'm listening to Cool Patrol right now. Yeah, Cool Patrol <laughs> is solid. This is great. All right, there's a lot of these, actually. 
All right. <laughs> okay, that's enough of this. All right. There's a whole playlist. I'm so glad to introduce you to this. It's just like a real pleasure. Okay. Uh, I have now experienced Nightcore, and I am a changed man. You're welcome. I want to loop back around to, because you were so extremely not into it, um, I want to do some forcibly read Twitter drafts. Sure. Yeah, great. Twitter drafts. Tweet, tweet. Okay, I'm going to send you one that I have not ever dared to tweet from Ninja Sex Party. Okay. And will make you think less of me. And I don't know if this is going to make it into the episode. Interesting. (laughs) Okay, here it goes. I apologize in advance. Who wants to read this? Oh, I'll read it. This is a draft from the Ninja Sex Party Twitter account that Brian just dropped in our text thread. And I need to, <laughs> I need to do the most legible read of this possible. And I'm not sure if I can do it without just losing it. So there are two things that come out of a dick. And one is meant to go in... So- <laughs> and one is meant to go in someone. And the other is never meant to go in someone. And we're all just supposed to remember which is which. LOL. Okay, sure. <laughs> You, I'm forcing you to keep that in the episode. <laughs> Funny might upset some people, right? Why would it upset people? I don't know. That's the thing is there was just something about it. Well, let me put it this way. I had a suspicion and I showed it to a couple of people and they were like, yeah, you can't. You, no, just don't do it. But I kept it in drafts because I think it's very funny. I think it's great. Thank you. Here's another one that I didn't include basically for pandemic reasons, <laughs> which has been there for a while, which just says, washing your hands before touching food, that's a sucker's game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, so good. I think I might have tweeted something like this before, but I didn't do it this time. I don't know why I didn't. And it just says, the members of NSP, one, the guy who has living proof that he had sex at least once, <laughs> two, Dan, that one's good i'm i'll i can't take screenshots of mine because it would require a lot of cropping out the actually embarrassing shit my anxiety makes me feel like i am constantly living out the last five minutes of a sam raimi movie (laughs) (laughs) that's a saw you should do that that's that's a good one I just, you know, I hate to tweet because most of the things in the drafts are things that like tweets that I drafted when I was extremely high. And then it's like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I'm I'm glad I didn't do that. Jarek, do you have any drafts you want to share with us? I don't have any drafts. I just end up fucking clicking them to go. One last night was who is Susan and why is she lazy? (laughs) (laughs) Great. In reference to lazy Susans, you know? Yeah. Oh, I got it. Yeah, I love it. It's a solid tweet. That, and then my other thing was, I have a special talent of picking out people who like the black keys. <laughs> Here, Okay, here, here's one from uh, my own personal account drafts. It says, it's like the world is an escape room, and the key to the way out is to listen to the fucking scientists. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love that you posted this tweet the other day, Brian, about like, Voting for people who believe in climate change. <laughs> there are yeah. a bunch of fucking people in the comments who are like, Brian, really? Like saying that people politicize climate change and how it's not real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw that. The one I thought that was the most ridiculous was the guy who was like, 
capitalism will fix this. You're better than this. Oh, I, I think I remember saying that one. Capitalism will fix this is the funniest possible answer to that. Yeah, I was like, there's an interesting point hiding in there, which is that, you know, world will figure out a way to solve some problems when they're forced to. However, capitalism cannot fix global environmental collapse. Yep. So not sure I agree, but there's an interesting like market forces at work kind of idea hiding there, which is not totally wrong for sure. But just to say, don't worry, capitalism's got this. Uh-uh. <laughs> like <laughs> Capitalism has never got this. I, I have a few more that I have found. Um <clears throat> Sitting alone in a dark bar, chain smoking under the fluorescence with peanut shells and sawdust beneath my feet, drinking a Shirley Temple. <laughs> cool. Uh, that. Now that's some situational comedy, and immediately under it, cobbler pocket. What I meant. Wait, what is uh, a cobbler pocket? I have no idea, Jack. I, I just felt it was worthy of maybe tweeting. Oh my gosh. 3 a.m. is the dumb bitching hour. Cum is technically a non-dairy creamer. <laughs> oh, okay. So NSP has made that exact joke. <laughs> really? Yes. I, I, not exactly in those words, but definitely have used the phrase non-dairy creamer in a tweet for sure. And I love it. I love it very much. Extremely fair. Here's one that I just found in my drafts. So you know the the meme, which is the it's the handshake emoji that pairs two things with the reason below it. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? Yeah. So it says. My six-year-old on one side. On the other side, 1980s breakdancers. And then below the handshake, it says, people who talk extensively about their moves. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't you tweet that? That's a good one. Maybe I'll just tweet it right now. That's so do it, good. do it, do it. No, I'm not gonna. Wait, actually, in the future when we do this bit, we should force the person to choose one to tweet. <laughs> I like that. It's pretty aggro. Well, I mean, when we initially conceived this show as a live talk show or whatever, the vibes were... <laughs> much harsher. Much harsher, yeah. <laughs> the vibe yeah. was, we hate each other, fuck you. Which we dropped by the end of the first show, <laughs> to be <laughs> yeah. fair. We get shades of it, especially with a certain segment. I guess me saying that would be a good segue, but... Uh, 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 yeah, do it. God damn it. I mean, we can't do the bit. <laughs> Jarek knows the bit. We can't do the bit for him. What if you actually played him a song right now? What if you like actually did it for real? Played him a new song that I just made up? Yeah. All right, Jarek. All right. Now, you've listened to approximately 20-plus late-night episodes. Yeah. You know the bit that we normally do. What, what is your opinion of the normal bit? Pro or con? There's a correct answer, by the way. <laughs> I kind of like when it works. What When it works, you mean when people play along or when people don't play along? Because to me, when I say the bit works, it's when people don't get the bit. Yeah. No, when people play along, they're like, yeah, I love it. It's so sick. Yeah. <laughs> I I like it. Cool. Good answer. I think the best part is when Leighton gets mad. 100%. Jarek, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if Leighton didn't dislike it as much as she does, I wouldn't keep doing it. But that's that's where we are. Do your stupid fucking bit, Brian. This is an important sidebar. Uh, in, in the Mika episode that we recorded last week, which was really great, after Mika left the call, Brian was like, hey, Leighton, can you stay back so we can talk a second? And then Brian was like, did I genuinely piss you off during that? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, well, it was because 
at some point at the end of what's popping or something, uh, yeah. I can't remember exactly where it was. You said, or are you going to tell me to go fuck myself again? <laughs> and it was delivered so seriously without any trace of irony that I was like, oh, whoops. <laughs> knowing full well that there was nothing I could think of that I had done. But if I think that I have genuinely upset a friend, I will always double check to make sure that I haven't. Oh, I thought it was so sweet and so funny, but you know. My, my entire life is the conflict between wanting to genuinely bother people, like genuinely wanting to upset people, and then becoming immediately mortified when they actually get upset with me. <laughs> the duality of man. That is my struggle, and it's hard. It's hard to deal with. Okay, continue with the stupid thing that you were doing, which you can go fuck yourself for. Yes, uh, of course. So, Jarek, uh, this is our pop culture segment, which, again, you know, because you've heard 20 times. Uh, where, And, in fact, we've been doing nothing but giving pop culture recommendations to the entire podcast, but that's fine. We're going to do this segment anyway. It's called What's Poppin'? And I'm writing a new theme song for it oh, right now. Thank and God. this is the, the first time in the history of the podcast that the guest is going to hear a thing here. Normally it's just silent. You're fucking ruining the bit. I suggest that you do this again and you just fucking botch the bit. Unbelievable. <laughs> the lack of professionalism on display here today is truly stunning. I'm just going to play a thing. Jarek, tell me if you like it. All right. It's bullshit. What's popping? <laughs> The whole point of this was so we could do a tiny silence and then you play your shit and then you go, Jarek, what did you think of that theme song? Oh, yeah. Jarek, what did you think of that theme song? Just awful. I liked it. It was great. Well, okay. This is the first time we've ever asked Jarek. Okay, so Jarek, what's popping? Can I pee real quick? Yes. All right. No. Be, right be right back. A little peeing music. <laughs> Piss. Piss, piss, piss. Just a little bossa nova peeing music for you. Oh, hey, yo. Okay, what's popping for me? I got a couple things. Fuck. The whole, like, Avatar The Last Airbender world. Mm. I think, like, last month or, like, two months ago, I watched through the whole Avatar The Last Airbender series because it was on Netflix. And then I recently watched The Legend of Korra and I'm on like the second time of rewatching that as well. I love the Avatar Last Airbender like series because it touches based so much on different kind of things that aren't really easy to talk about to kids. But in present day now, I can see that Avatar Last Airbender was touching on like dictatorship and fascism. I'm like, oh, like that's what the fucking Fire Lord was doing, like causing genocide to the whole world, you know, killing off all the airbenders. And then they also like touch base on like sexism, where one of the characters, Katara, she wants to learn waterbending from this waterbending master, Master Paku. But he was like, yeah, we have a tradition here at the Northern Water Tribe where the women only can learn healing, the men are the fighters. So, yeah, those pairing because they're like by the same creators. Did you watch Avatar when you were a kid or has this been just getting into uh, 
Yeah, I watched it as a kid. So yeah, those are the shows I've been watching. And then the musical thing that of what's popping is the new Heim record. Oh, is it good? Oh, dude. So good. It's like a cross between like Fleetwood Mac meets like early 2000s pop of like Britney Spears. Oh, I'm dude. It's so good. I mean, summer's like kind of over now, but it's like the perfect like summer record. It was produced by like Danielle Heim, who's like one of the members of the band. Ariel Rechside, uh, botched his name, but also Rostam, formerly of Vampire Weekend. Oh, sweet. Oh, shit. And you can like totally hear Rostam's like style in there. I don't know other Heim songs, but like his style like totally blends like mm-hmm. really well in there. Oh, I gotta check this out. Rostam uh, loves my dog, maybe apparently, uh, because my what? neighbor who, what? yeah, <laughs> my neighbor who, <laughs> yeah, my neighbor who does most motion graphic shit. They always end up watching my dog when I go out of town, and I used to watch their dog who died recently. But um, it's it's been a nice like back and forth. But then I, I was like in San Francisco, and I just get a text that said, <laughs> "The guy from Vampire Weekend wants to take your dog on tour with him." <laughs> Jeez, and I forgot. Danielle was on that new vampire record, right? Too. She did a bunch of yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's like a oh. she's a G, dude. She played like auxiliary percussion and backup guitar for Julie Casablancas. Yo. Like on tour. I think one of the late night shows she was in there. And then there's like a video on YouTube of her playing drums in the killers, which is pretty cool. Mm. Fuck. She's fucking gnarly. She like sings and plays drums. Um, which I'm always like very impressed by. Yes, very hard to do. Yeah, and especially like some of the shit that like singer drummers do. Always love that shit. Yeah. Another like singer drummer I love is Anderson Pack. Yes, he's great. So good. That whole Malibu record, like top to bottom, fantastic. Very, very good. Yep, totally agree. Speaking of uh, Julian Casablancas, are we how we feel about our, our man Julian Casablancas? Don't know much. Same. Really. It, no strokes, no voids. Not really. No. You know what I love is is uh, is masturbating. <laughs> the strokes. Yeah. The strokes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's popping for one of you guys? First of all, I'm offended that neither of you have listened to much strokes or Julian Casablancas and the voids because they're maybe in my top three favorites. Huh. I think we talked about this when we were asking Allie, like, what's your favorite 10-minute-plus song? Uh, Human Sadness by Julian Casablancas and the Voids. It's, like, the song for me. Um, yeah, all, the strokes. It's, like, they're, they are they get into the, like, oh, this is the same record over and over, but it's so good that I don't give a shit. <laughs> it's just, like, mm, num, 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 crunchy guitar. Give it to me. Cool. So I've been sitting on this movie for a while, and then... A couple nights ago, Rachel and I watched it because I've been meaning to, and I finally did it. Uh, have you guys seen Booksmart? No, I've been meaning to watch it. I think I have. It is great. It's like a last night of high school kind of thing with uh, Beanie Feldstein, Jason Sudeikis, mm-hmm. Jessica Williams from Two Dope Queens, Elisa Kudrow, Will Forte. Um, mm-hmm. And then, but those are not the important people in the movie. Those are just the people who are like, the adults and then a bunch of kids essentially who are amazing uh, especially beanie feldstein uh and it's just a really smart okay i have to look up the other person's name and i'm embarrassed i i don't know caitlin denver caitlin denver thank you uh they're both 
super great in the movie. And it's just one of these like really sweet, smart, funny, like consistently funny films. And Rachel left like many, many times throughout. I thought it was fantastic. I, and I'd read when it came out that it was a great movie and people loved it, but I just didn't have a chance to see it until recently. And I could not have liked it more. Wow. Awesome. Cool. And I, of course, I also sympathize with it because it's about two nerds basically who decide on the last day of high school that they need to have fun for once. And I could sympathize with that, except for the wanting to have fun part. All right, Layden was popping, Layden. Before I get into my what's popping, that reminds me of, did you guys see the to-do list with uh, Aubrey Plaza? I wanted to, and I have not. No, I haven't. If you like Booksmart, you'd probably like it. It's a very, it's like not great, but it has like so many SNL people in it. Um, it was directed by Bill Hader's ex-wife, uh, Maggie Hader. It's just like, it's a fun time. I mean, it's like a teen sex comedy, but it's just like, oh, hey, it's all those people that I like doing extremely stupid bits. Yeah. What is it? It's like Aubrey Plaza is a nerd who wants to try like a bunch of sex stuff, right? Yeah. And keeps a list of it in a Trapper Keeper before she goes to college. It's, you know, it's fun. My what's popping, I think I mentioned on the mini-sode, but after enough people who have been guests on the show recommending The Boys, I finally watched The Boys um, and then liked it so much once I ran out of episodes that I'm now on volume nine of the graphic novel. <laughs> <laughs> super super good. I, I've been super enjoying it. It's great. I have not watched the newest episode. Um, I've just been kind of saving it as a little treat until Friday. So then I get to watch two whole episodes but yeah, the performances are great. Like Anthony Starr's Homelander just like steals the entire thing. He's so good. So evil. He's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I, I love an evil piece of shit with mommy issues. Like, fuck yeah. Oh, in that first episode of season two when he tongues that leftover milk bottle. <laughs> it's so it's good. very funny. I made a friend watch that scene because it immediately segues into the like awful like auditioning <laughs> superheroes thing. Yeah. Fuck yeah. It's super good. I've been really, really enjoying it. Cool. Well, I think we've been here for a while, so we should move on to our final segment, which is Peaches and Lemons. Yeah. Jerk, you know what this segment is. Brian, you know what this segment is. Listeners, it's a gratitude exercise. Peaches are good things that happened. Fuck you. This is Peaches and Lemons. <laughs> Peaches and Lemons. As the episodes have gone by, it's been me condensing the intro to Peaches and Lemons just more and more and more. Layton, do you want to go first on this? Yeah, totally. My first peach is, you you know, I'm not sure if either of you are like hat people. Um, No, I'm a hat person. I have bad hair. And so I've always been a hat lady. You have bad hair? What? I have a very greasy scalp. I'd like to hide the greasy scalp. But, you know, I, I like baseball caps. I, I go through my ones. I wore one that said daddy on it a lot. I had a, a North Carolina film one that I liked that I stole from my dad. Recently picked up a blockbuster snapback. I saw this. It cannot stop wearing. And I'm just pleased to just invoke the good word of blockbuster everywhere I go. That's my first peach. My second peach is, and I'm just, I feel so fucking boring. <laughs> It's a mechanical keyboard thing. I built and soldered my own macro pad, which is like a four by four, 16 key, uh, little, you know, number pad that I soldered last year. And for the past year, every couple of months, I'm like, okay, I'm going to program it. I don't know why this keeps going wrong. I'm going to make it happen today. I was like, fuck you. We're doing it. And I just trouble troubleshot that thing until it worked. 
Um, and I have it sitting in between my two halves of my split keyboard and I have multiple layers, one for regular multi-purpose stuff. And then the second layer is for Photoshop shortcuts, just really, really fucking stoked on it. Um, that's peach number two. Nobody cares. The peach number three. (laughs) I care. That's cool. Thanks, Derek. (laughs) Thank you. I have no comment on that. Wow, Brian, what the fuck? <laughs> My third peach was going to be about you and your daughter, but I guess not. I love keyboard-related stuff. See, okay, you're back on. I won't threaten to fire you anymore. <laughs> My third peach is that on Friday, I guess sometime last week, uh, Rachel, Brian's wife, hit me up and was like, we should do a FaceTime craft thing with Audrey. And so on Friday, we each got some like polymer clay and we sat on FaceTime and we made clay stuff together for a couple of hours. And it was just like the best thing that has happened to me all month. It was so <laughs> fun. Audrey made a taco with four mouths. Uh, she made an alien with six eyes. She loves making things with lots of mouths. Yeah, I mean, and she had the lore, like, locked and loaded, like, ready to go. Like, okay, so on this alien, there are bigger monsters, and so all the eyes are to trick the bigger monsters. And then, you know, humans can eat the tacos, but tacos don't eat humans. And, you know, Brian and Rachel were there. And then Audrey read me my favorite book from when I was a kid, and it was just great. I loved it. What book was that? The Bible. the only book we have in our house <laughs> yeah i've been there several times and like your shelves it's just like that is a lot of bibles dear god even as the minecraft bible like yeah which is a real thing by the way what book was that is it your favorite book there's a monster at the end of this book with lovable old grover the sesame street one have you read that never heard of it oh it's so sweet it's really good it was my favorite picture book as a kid and it was actually like a coincidental thing because Rachel was telling me that in the car, Audrey was saying that she wanted to read me a book. And I was like, oh, you know what? One of my favorite books as a kid was There's a Monster at the End of This Book. And that turned out to be the book that she wanted to read to me. Oh, yeah. She was very excited about that. She's been talking about it. Believe me. <laughs> really? That's so sweet. And she did such a good job with reading it, too. Like, that was fucking awesome. Like, not only was she reading it really well, she was, like, performing it. Like, Oh, yeah. She, she performs. <laughs> The, the really amazing thing, and I think I said this to you at the time, is that it lasted two hours, which is like unimaginable at that age. Like she did a thing for two hours without, you know, like when she was on a couple of weeks ago on, on the on the podcast, 20 minutes in, she's like, I'm done, bye, click, <laughs> and just walks away. The fact that that didn't happen is astonishing. It was just great. Brian, what was it that she said to you after <laughs> after the call? I don't remember. Oh, I think Rachel texted it to me. Let's see. Let me read it. Let me read it. Rachel says, Audrey just said that you're going to be a famous singing star. Brian said, she's not a singer. Audrey said, she could be. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I have no memory of that, but yeah, plausible. (laughs) It was so sweet to the point. And I've been thinking about it so much that last night I had like a protect the child nightmare about Audrey. (laughs) Yes. She's in now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah she's infected my brain oh. i was like at your house and you i maybe i was babysitting i don't know but like you and rachel weren't around and like audrey walked out of her room and she had like a really bad wound on her head and i was like oh no where did that what? Come, audrey where did that come from and she was like i don't know jesus <laughs> it was really upsetting oh. <laughs> um and then she was fine maybe that's weird okay, that i great. had to dream about your daughter being harmed and i woke up like in a cold sweat she's a sweet kid oh 
But yeah, those are my features. That's very cool. Also, wait, shit. Another one is I've been playing Among Us with friends, the Twerp Boys and Jory and Aaron and uh, a couple of new friends too. And just like that game is fun as hell. And Brian, I want to get you in on one of our sessions. I want to get Brenton on too. I I see people talking about it a lot and I really want to, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, it's just lie to your friends during a recreation of John Carpenter's seminal 1982 classic, The Thing. Yeah, I, I would really like to do that. I fucking sucked at it you know, because I was new to it. And then I had one round where Ross was the other imposter. And then he went, he was like, I have to go take a shit. And then he went AFK for the rest of the round. And I was like, I'm fucked. I can't pull this off. And then I got everybody. Nice. I got the ouch on my side to vouch for me. And it's like, I, I mean, you offered this, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> it was great. That rules. Uh, Jared, what are your peaches? All right. Peach number one is this podcast working with you and Brian. Hell yeah. This has been a big peach. Because what, when do, when was episode 13? That was like the beginning of the pandemic, right? And that's when like all of my work started to like cut off. This has been like a huge thing that's been like keeping me afloat and alive. Oh, great. Fuck yeah. So I'm like super stoked on that. It's been great getting to know you guys much better. Yeah, for sure. Peach number two, I just want to say a big thanks to all like essential workers who are like working right now, organizing protests and all this other stuff. It's just so encouraging to see these people putting, you know, their lives out to better other people or help other people. Like going to the grocery store, I've seen like the same couple grocery workers. I'm like, fuck, like I wouldn't be here, you know? So it takes courage to be doing what they're doing. Totally. And my last peach dude, I'm just really stoked that I could see like the sky again. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. It's like two weeks of nothing but gray or red. Yeah, that shit like really got to me. I got like pretty down because I only have like two sources of ways to get air into my apartment. And it's my giant sliding door and my kitchen window. And I couldn't have any of those open. Yeah, I can stay home as long as I need to. But if I can't like simply open the window or even just go outside like that drives me nuts. So... I'm super stoked that I can go outside again, see the blue sky. Yeah. That's a very good one. Brian, what are your peaches? Well, I was going to change it, but I'm not. One was Layton's Clay Date with Audrey. It was just so sweet to see them doing that together. And Audrey had such a great time, has been talking about it. She was just painting all the stuff today. Oh my God, send me pictures. I will. I I think they're still drying, but uh, she painted a bunch. Oh, shit, yeah, because Rachel right before this was like, Audrey wants to show you her painted stuff and get on FaceTime. So after this, if she's around, um, I'll call her up. She's around. Let me check her social calendar, but yes. Oh, please do. Pencil <laughs> me in. Uh, yeah, so that, that's that's one for sure. It was so, so great to, to watch you two doing that together and just to see how happy it made her, too. Let's see. Number two, it's another Audrey-related thing. Her school has been, like, crushing it, crushing it. They're, this is the third week of uh, first grade now, and I am just so impressed. Jerk, you're talking about essential workers. That's what these teachers are, mm-hmm. and they have just been doing such a great job, and I'm really, really impressed with them. So I know a lot of people right now with kids, especially little kids, have pretty fucking awful school situations, but Audrey's school has been amazing. So I feel very, very lucky to, to have a, a school that's that's doing good stuff and keeping everybody safe and 
you know, they're doing the remote thing and it's, it's working out great. Awesome. Yeah. The third one, uh, this is a very trivial thing, but I made a new drink this weekend that I was like, whoa, this rules. <laughs> I didn't invent this. I had just never made one before. And I was very impressed with my nascent mixology skills. So it is a sidecar. Lovely. And here are the ingredients. It's bourbon, Cointreau, lemon juice, and just a little bit of simple syrup. And the reason for this was we had a bottle of Cointreau for some unknown reason. And I was like, we have to use this up because I <laughs> don't know why I will drink Cointreau otherwise. It's like an orange liqueur. Right. Reminded me of my weird friend, Sean, who used to just pound triple shots of Grand Marnier uh, when we should have been at band practice. God. But yeah. We can talk about Sean sometimes. Sean is a, is a wonderful man who is deeply <laughs> odd uh, and really, really got into Grand Marnier at some point as a young man. So yeah, we go to the bowling alley instead of band practice where they didn't know how to pour shots. This was in Claremont, by the way, in San Diego. Claremont Bowl, I think was the bowling alley. Uh, and apparently, you know, I didn't know this about bowling alleys is because they don't really understand how much liquor to pour, uh, especially shitty bowling alleys. They will just go nuts. And so they would pour like for, I don't know, like six bucks, the equivalent of a triple or quadruple shot of whatever you ordered. <laughs> yeah. And Sean would order like a shot of Grand Marnier. And then one thing was like, it was almost like a pint and you know, you'd just be sipping on that for hours while we bowled and didn't practice with our terrible band. Uh, the name of which I need to tell you, but we'll edit out of this episode. Is that the band that you posted on Instagram where you're like clenching your fist super hard and you were singing? No, that was my college band. Okay. This band was many years after. Uh, this was my, my, my little band in San Diego, uh, not Agave. Agave was, was the band I played in after that. And those guys are still doing stuff, and I, we, we did actual good music. But the other band I was in... <laughs> Gosh. Oh, that's, that's episode title. Yeah, I wish. It's so funny, but I just can't do it. Um, and we had a bunch of gigs, sort of, and, but we never really got to that point because uh, we had a great time together, but we weren't really like seriously doing music. But yes, anyway, Sean would drink Grand Marnier. The point of which is I made a bourbon sidecar and it was really lovely and I enjoyed it. That sounds nice. Is that what you were drinking? You came in with a nice little glass at the end of the Audrey Hall. Yes, that is what I was drinking. It looked really nice. I was like, damn, this just looks cozy as hell. Remember people? <laughs> yeah. Well, come over and I'll make sidecars for everybody. That would be amazing. I also happened to brush up on my mixology skills this weekend upon mm. hearing of the death of uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yes. Really awful. RIP. Yep. I was like, okay, tonight I'm going to drink. And uh, I am not a drinker by any stretch. I don't really like to do it. Uh, but I have, you know, an inch of several different types of liquors. And I was like, okay, I want to have a cocktail. Uh, what mixers do I have? And the answer was milk and lemon-lime Gatorade. Oh, God. And so <laughs> this led to some desperate Googling of lazy cocktails, simple, easy cocktails, two-ingredient cocktails. Wait, what liquor did you mix with either one of those. So 
I ended up Googling Gatorade cocktail. Um, and the answer to the question was I poured an obscene amount of vodka into about three inches of lemon lime Gatorade. You know what? Tastes like Gatorade, but less. And I drank a little bit of it and then I dumped it out. I, it just. I'm going to name that drink. Remember this bit from an old episode where we named drinks based on ingredients? Yeah. I'm going to call that drink a President Camacho. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I have not seen Idiocracy, but beautiful. That's what that's from, right? Yes. There you go. Uh, well, this was so much fun. Jarek, it is always a joy to spend time with you. Every time we get to do something in the studio or otherwise together, it's just it's just the best. So thank you for, you know, just for being a part of this and especially for, for being here today. Yeah, you're fucking awesome. I'm super stoked. Thanks for having me. Where can people find you online, Jarek? Cool. Um, you can just follow me on Instagram. It's just my first and last name. That's J-E-R-I-K. C E N T E N O dot com or dot com. It's just yeah. <laughs> Jarek Centeno on Instagram. You can do that. Don't follow me on Twitter. Uh <laughs> because I like to rage tweet a lot. So <laughs> follow me on Instagram. I'd love that. It would be nice. Jarek does uh also really, really cool music. So you should definitely check out his stuff. Yeah. Uh too. Uh Small culture, right? Yes, I make music under the name Small Culture. It's kind of electronic ambient. So if you're into that Ooh. kind of stuff, so that'll be a fun time. It's very cool. Oh, cool! Yeah. I, I never knew you heard it, Brian. So yeah, hell yeah, of course. Sick. Yeah, gah, what's happening? Just trying to. Never mind. <laughs> Were you looking for something to masturbate to? <laughs> yeah. Well. That is the last thing I did want to say is I wanted to encourage everybody to keep on masturbating and don't let the people who tell you to stop masturbating, don't let them get you down because people don't like it when other people masturbate, but masturbating, it's good for you. It keeps you sane. It keeps you healthy. So this is me, Dr. Brian Wecht saying never stop masturbating. <laughs> That's the end of the episode. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Sorry, I took a little beat there. I was masturbating. Late in Night is produced by Brian Wecht, Leighton Gray, and your boy, Jarek Centeno. Follow us on Twitter at Late in Night, on Instagram at Leighton underscore night, or email us at Night at gmail.com. <laughs>